You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to the Devil's Advocates coming to you live today from three points of the globe. It's coming obviously from Dublin, Ireland, where Super Yacht Radio has relocated to. And from Switzerland, of course, we have our learned friends, Herr Walter Smith, Herr Smith, uh, coming live from Zurich. Guten Tag, Herr Walter Smith. Guten Tag, hello, Dave. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to have you here with us. And of course, we are proud as punch that Mr. Bob Dennison actually came back for another interview. Huh? Thank you for having re- me. This is the highlight of my entire week. <laughs> A repeat offender, as we would call it here in legal yeah. terms. <laughs> Good to see you, Bob. Good to see you guys, too. Thank you for having me. How are things in the world of uh, Denison Yachting? How's, how is yachting at the moment? What's your feeling? Finger on the pulse. Yeah, finger on the pulse. Uh, we're it's still. I'm really bullish, not just on you know our specific company, which obviously I'm biased, but just in the industry in general here in the United States, specifically in Florida. Uh, it is the market's really hot, uh, and more than that, I just love seeing people use their boats. Um, so every weekend here in Fort Lauderdale, you see a lot of families out on the intercoastal with their. It's just a good thing to see. You know, it's sometimes sad in the industry. We know uh, too often people have boats but don't use them. And it's just really neat to see in this environment. There's a lot of people actually enjoying their boats and yachts uh, a lot more than they used to. It's it's such a big part of Floridian life is boating. I mean, the, yes. the recreational boating, the the family boat, the going out and date, it's huge there. And that, that's what really floored me when I went to Fort Lauderdale was just the yeah. amount of surface area occupied by floating things of all shapes and sizes i mean it really is it's it's part of your your fabric of your society is is getting out in the boat so i guess lockdown is has been really torturous for a lot of people yeah for sure i mean it's uh so yeah the dna kind of our local town here fort lauderdale which really is a small city it's not a big city we're kind of like the very 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 little sister of Miami, but the DNA of our city is very much connected to the water. And uh, the city was actually developed many parts of it uh, to accommodate uh, boats and yachts. And we built out neighborhoods specifically to have docks behind the homes. And uh, that's the reason you see so many boats down here, just because there's so many places to put boats. Uh, One of the things that, that jumped at me when I got to Fort Lauderdale is just that concept of a house, your back garden, water and your boat is there and i haven't seen it anywhere and and it just i i and it's so it's not uncommon it's there's so much water you know uh, frontage of of houses it's it's magnificent yeah i'm gonna sound like a complete uh homer here which is uh an american saying for anybody that's way too proud for their local team or their local city and they won't shut up about it but yeah (laughs) this is i'm a local kid and if you like boating and you like nice weather, uh, it's a pretty neat place to live, or of course just visit. Uh, but it's a great, it's a great thing if you can afford to have a home on the water with the garden there, and then your boat easily accessible. You don't have to go to a local marina; you can just jump on your dock in your backyard yeah. and be off on your day. Is a really, really special thing. But you can go to a restaurant, and you can dock at the restaurant, and you can have dinner. Then hop in your boat. And- a ton of bars, and we have these things. <clears throat> guys have them too but we have a lot of sandbars in the in the intercoastal 
which are essentially places that a lot of families like to just wrap up on with their dogs and their kids. And it's a safe place to just go in and out of the water and probably eat too much, hopefully not drink too much. No, I just for the people you're with. Responsible boating. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Walter, come on in. We haven't heard from you. I'm, I'm here. Don't worry. You know, I've learned one thing that is listen. Listen to two people or more is very, very helpful and also very educational. And it's, by the way, is interesting. And, you know, it's as it is today, not a recorded one. It's real. It's a real life life. So, and we haven't prepared anything. And that makes me always very, very excited as well to talk with people, especially with people like Bob Davidson from The Yachting, who's not only just a broker, it's for me the broker, especially in the area, because it has a long history. And yes, I totally agree with Bob. To be there, to live in such a place, if you love sunshine, if you love warm weather, water boating, it's just, it must be a dream to be there. And as you, as a as a guy, Bob, that grown up in this area, you know everything in and out. How is it? Do you know other places on the planet rather than just this paradise where you live in? Yeah, except if you visit us in the months of August and September when it's very, very hot and humid, you might not think it's paradise, but you can hide out here in the air conditioning. Uh, other than that, it really is a truly, truly special place. I mean, there are pieces of our city that reflect a lot of other great cities. We consider ourselves to be the Venice of Americas because we have so many canals. Uh, and again, our DNA is kind of tied to the water. Uh, so there's parts of it that look a, a little bit like Venice. We also call ourselves the yachting capital of the world. So there's parts of it that would look like any big port in Europe uh, with huge yachts in our backyard. Uh, and then there's parts of it that just look a lot like Miami because we have a very multi-ethnic, multi you know, people from everywhere kind of a place, which is really neat because just like a lot of other great cities, there's a ton of uh, restaurants, especially Latin, you know, Ar Argentina and Chile. I mean, there's so many cool places to go uh, that are unique to South Florida. So, so it's Venice without the Italians and the smell. Venice without the Italians and the smell, but it is where we lack the history. So I'm going to give Venice that. It uh, makes up for the smell and the Italians. <laughs> I love Italians. Don't get me wrong. I love the Italians. I do too. We we both sound really sincere. No, no, I do. I do. And and I fell in love with them more when I went there. And my first experience in in Italy uh, was in Via Reggio. Yeah. Going down to, this is back when I did VSAT on, on yachts. And we decided we were leaving the hotel and we decided to go for dinner. And <laughs> how naive of me. So we went and we left the hotel. And on our way to the restaurant, the guy I was with, he said, hey, let's stop for a beer. So you stop for a beer and you get like a little glass of beer. We're talking $1.50 or something. Yeah. And with that comes so much food. The antipastas, the salamis, the bread, there's, there's fried chips, there's everything. So we yeah. had our beer. And as we're walking there, I was feeling a little bit full. We'd had a drink. So we should stop at another bar and just have another quick drink on the way. You know, what's the hurry? Yeah. And again, you, the amount of food. We're going to recover from our Italian joke nicely because I, I also, there's there's nobody or no place to go and have more fun eating with, which is sort of part of what being a human is all about, just breaking bread and eating mm -hmm. than in Italian, the best. The yeah. stories, of course, the food and just the environment. I do, yeah, those little beers are very annoying though because you have to order like eight of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> makes, well, your that's, hands, that's some, makes your hands look bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I think is pretty different in, in Dublin, isn't it? In the regard of beer and the sizes of, of, of the bottles and everything. So you don't have to hire to get eight of them. How many do you need to have the same amount of beer in, in Dublin oh, well, now we, to compare? We serve it in pints. So you get a pint of Guinness. You don't get a little Guinness. You get a pint of Guinness. But you don't get the food with it. That, but that, that's something that's missing out. Absolutely. Yeah. But in Florida, in, in Fort Lauderdale, when I was there for actually also on a boat show, but it's quite a while, a while ago, I, think I found out that the Italian restaurant specifically there are pretty similar to those one in Switzerland. I mean, the Italian kitchen in Switzerland, not the ones in Italy. Does, does that something to do with uh, immigration, or is that something else that is behind those those facts? Maybe Bob, you know about that? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, a lot of really great Italian places. I love Italian food, uh, but yeah, each each of them is kind of has a different. And of course, Italian food is so different by region too. Um, but yeah, ours is probably a little softer than the real thing and maybe would be more aligned with uh, Italian food in other parts of Europe. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we have uh, one of my favorite things about Fort Lauderdale. I will continue talking about Fort Lauderdale is we Dude, have a lot of sell new it, restaurants. Sell it. We have a lot of new restaurants coming up. So uh, as a local kid, there, there was, of course, it was always great restaurants. But nowadays, it's like 10x what there used to be in terms of local Floridians, local people from Fort Lauderdale kind of emerging with these really cool um, takes on things like Italian food. And mm. uh, anyway, the, the next time you guys are here, we're going to go get a, a great Italian meal at a place here in Fort Lauderdale. I think that we've got a date. Walter, I think we've just got a date organized. A fun it looks like now. A fun fact for you, Bob. I, mean, I don't know if you know this as well, Walter, but the Irish are actually descendants of Italian. Did you know that? You didn't know that. I can tell by your blank expression. I didn't know that. Yeah, the the, the original the original settlers in Ireland were the Celtic people, and they originated from the foot. If you see the boot shape of Italy, from the foot of Italy, the Celts um, migrated up through Italy, through France. They stopped up north of France. Some of them stayed there, up into England, Wales, Scotland, over to Ireland. So we can trace our, our heritage, not our food or our wine, back to Italy. Well, that's that's where you get your energy. That's where I got my good looks. I think we okay. need to move on from that. Let's get back to Denison. Yes. Bob, when we spoke last, one of the things that I think one of the COVID things of, of Denison Yachting was when in the early days of COVID, people were scrambling. Yeah, we know yacht shows. What are we going to do? And you were the first guys out there with a virtual yacht show. And when we spoke yeah. last, you guys had, had already had that in the kind of planning stage of wouldn't this be a cool thing to do someday? So you, you'd done a lot of the grunt work. Yeah. And when COVID hit, you, you were almost ready to go with it. You just had to you know, smooth over the edges and things like that. Uh, tremendous success, success for Denison. Tremendous experience for those people who attended the virtual shows. I really enjoy them. How's that going? And are you looking at this going forward? You know, after COVID, let's keep doing this because this works. Yeah, I think so. It was, uh, we, we just really are blessed with good people here that just figure out complicated things and they make it look easy. So I, I can take zero credit for the success of that. Uh, but we had uh, a really good team that just quickly was able to put it in place. To your point, we had a lot of preparation, a lot of content ahead of time, whether it was virtual tours or video walkthroughs. So it became much easier for us to launch that. 
Um, and then I think what we're going to, I don't know if we're ever going to have a virtual boat show like that again, unless there's uh, some other pandemic that uh, really restricts people from being able to travel and get out there. Uh, last Fort Lauderdale show, we included a virtual component where we had some live interviews, a lot like this, where we just talked to in- interesting people and experts. I like how I just called myself interesting and an expert. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but we had during the boat show live interviews with people in the industry. And we also did virtual showings of the boats. Uh, but we also, of course, in real life had the boats there. So I think there might be something like that moving forward. And uh, and I think that will be one of the things that we take away from this is the implementation of things uh, to make boat buying and yacht shopping easy to do from a distance. Uh, yeah, so I- that's something I realized as well, the, the preparation that they have done, the routes that came out. But what, what I realized when I talked with you also last time, it's extremely, I mean, it's extraordinary. And I need to mention that, that you as Bob Dennis, as the one who runs the company, you always repeat yourself by you don't take credit for this and that. So you are not only humble, but where does that comes from that you are not a personality that I say, well, that was my idea that you really give the credit to the people that deserve that. What is the origin of that one? I don't, I mean, it's just the truth. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I, like last year we had one of our best years ever. We sold more yachts than we ever have in the history of our company. Um, and I sold zero of them. So for, for me to take credit for that would be ridiculous. Um, and it's easy for us to celebrate others. And I, it just sounds really cheesy, but we really have great people that are easy to celebrate. And, uh, for me, I, I also enjoy it. There's a certain like happiness that brings me to, uh, applaud people. I think it's, uh, and, and I think sometimes our industry, I, I love our industry. Of course, this is what I do and what I've done my entire life. Um, but I think sometimes our industry could do a better job of applauding internally and externally, not only celebrate the great things that we're doing as a company or your company, but also the competition. And, um, even if you don't represent a specific line of boats, but they just came out with a really extraordinary, thing, whatever that is, it's worth, um, it's worth clapping about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know where, where that really comes from other than I enjoy it a lot. And I have people that are doing things here much more significantly than the things that I'm doing, which I, I get to spend my days doing this, just hanging out. So. You, know, you, you say this, Bob, but <clears throat> as you're saying it, I'm thinking to myself, it's like an orchestra. Yeah, they, they play a beautiful melody, a fantastic tune. And the orchestra gets the the the, the the you know the the, the applause, and, and they take the bows. But it's the conductor behind them that's driving it, and okay. and he will be the first one to bow to the orchestra and go, yeah, they did a great job. But uh, you know, if you don't have a good man at the helm, you're going to flounder. Well, in, the, in, the, in this moment, Bob, uh, if you don't take a credibility or the the, the credit, I mean, I'll take for the credit yourself. if you want to. I'm happy to. Okay, do you that. can take no, it. No, 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 no. I'm going to take it. Here's my mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's just, that's a, that's the time actually to give credit to to Bob for what he's always doing and always did. Otherwise, it would be that the way that yeah, how it is. The whole company and the people are there. I mean, I, I see the posts that you post all the time, Bob, with your with your great, really great guys that sold that boat and this boat and that happening, and this is really remarkable. And I think I don't know any other broker company, honestly, that is doing that this, this particular way on how to treat their their own employees. It's it's astonishing for me. It's, it's something that really cool. Good management, Walter. For. It's giving oh, credit where credit's yeah. due. 
Yeah, I, I think too. Sometimes as an industry, we focus too much on the yachts, which of course <laughs> you you need to focus on the yachts. But there's also the people behind the yachts. It's not just the brokers, which of course is the thing that we celebrate because that's what we do. But also the people building the yachts and designing the yachts, the captains, the crew, um, and the sometimes I think services. especially. With social media, we just put pictures up of the boats without really taking a look at, in our case, the people selling them. And we try to incorporate the families and just to create awareness that it's not just about the boat. There's a lot of jobs and families and just people supported uh, by by the yachts. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's an important thing to do. Yeah, there's a huge, massive amount of people uh, at all levels, from building them, designing them, to servicing them, provisioning them. Uh, the marinas that that create environments, the destinations that for them to go to. I mean, it's it's a vast, vast environment. Yeah. Um, so, applause to all of them as well. Yeah, we did a uh, economic impact study here in South Florida, which I think probably holds true in Europe as well. Um, and the economic impact study really took a look at the spending patterns of people that own yachts and boats of any size, and they found that thirteen percent of the value of the yacht is spent locally. Um, in the first year that the, that family owns the yacht, whether it's the things you just talked about, provisioning, fuel, dockage, um, and then about 10% thereafter. So again, sometimes our industry can be seen as like the one percenter, just it's a rich man's thing. But the amount, the economic ripple effect of the yachts, not just the construction of, but the support of is mm -hmm. absolutely magnificent. I think, I think a lot of countries are becoming kind of cognizant of that. I know in Spain... They had, um, I think it was called the matriculation tax. And, and so it, it stopped boats from chartering within Spanish waters if you weren't Spanish flagged. It had a huge tax involved. And that's exactly what the uh, yacht associations in Spain did. They, they looked at the economic impact. They brought the figures to the government and they said, look, here's the reality. You're missing out on, on this chunk of cake here uh, in terms of employment, in terms of revenue, taxes, etc." And they dropped the tax. And then what they saw was it wasn't a case of 10, 20, 100. It was a case of a 1,000% increase in revenue, in jobs, in a whole lot of other things that was so hugely positive. They did the same in Australia. Uh, David Good and, and the Supial Australia uh, group put together this, this argument that look at the economic impact. We could be doing so much better. We could employ so many people. So... I think countries are starting to look at the figures and looking at other countries going, you know what, it's not just about the one percenters. Yep. It's about the 90-odd 90, 90 percenters who support, care for, and, and drive this. Bob, a question for you, just going back to uh, what you were saying about, uh, and we've seen this throughout COVID, and it's really perplexing to me. It's been such a positive year for, for brokers. Anybody selling something that floats in the water has actually had a really great COVID year from most people I can speak with, which is, it, it, it baffles me that you would think in a pandemic with the financial markets on a precipice, nobody knowing what was going to happen, a time yeah. of uncertainty, is this when you want to be buying a boat? What's, what's driven this? Well, for the first six weeks of the pandemic, uh, at least as we defined it here in the States, which of course the timing was very, very similar to Europe. Uh, the first six weeks, we as a company and a lot of other firms had a lot of clients calling us up asking for the deposits back. 
they didn't want to buy any. And it was attached to all the things that you just talked about, economic uncertainty, the stock market was going crazy. And let's not forget, we sell things that people don't need. And oh, yeah, by the way, those things also depreciate in value most of the time. So it was the last thing uh, many people thought would be seeing a spike as a result of this. Um, and of course, right around week six or seven or eight, uh, depending on the part of the world you were at, people started just getting really itchy and anxious and wanted to leave their house and do something. And there wasn't a lot of options, except for many people, of course, they could go out on the water, which is a very safe place to socially distance. We coined the phrase, we're very proud of this. We coined the phrase salt water distancing, which ended up flopping. Nobody even says it, but I thought it was genius at the time, but it is sort of like, oh, like spoke to that idea of just being out in the water with your family in a safe environment. Um, so yeah, it's weird to say, and I, I, I don't feel good about saying it. Uh, but what I, you know, just like you guys, I'm sure I've had close friends pass away as a result of COVID and it truly is a massive tragedy. But in the midst of that, there have been a few in industries like ours that have um, seen success through it. And uh, the question is going to be for, for our industry is, are we going to do a good enough job taking great care of people uh, to keep those new arrivals into our industry here, which I, 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 I hope we do. I think this is a very important point, the word I just mentioned. I mean, to get people is ones, but to keep them and keep them happy and also financially to, to not screw them up somehow unconsciously, it yeah. requires a lot of attention and also observation what's going on and to be supportive all the time. And I think that you do a very well job there. And But what, what would you do focus as next in this regard to really make sure that you make the best possible job for the clients? Yeah, I mean, it's we um, are doing hopefully with as much enthusiasm and sincerity as we've always done, which is try to think creatively uh, how to take really good care of people, which is easy to say, but the execution of that idea is always going to hurt you as a person and hurt you as a firm a little bit. Uh, we always say around here, good customer service is always going to sting a little bit. It might require you waking up really, really, really early and picking up somebody at the airport or showing up early to a showing and make sure that the air conditioning isn't like it. It requires inconvenience uh, to take great care of people. So the tempting part, I think, for a lot of firms, as we are seeing this boom, is to take the uh, foot off the pedal a little bit of the taking great care of customers because the demand is so high. Uh, but if you don't, the things like whether it could be, you know, charging somebody too much or sleeping in instead of showing up early for the appointment, all those little things add up. And I think the really good firms that will continue to be radical about taking great care of clients, I think those firms and those clients are going to be much more likely to stay into this crazy thing we call yachting. Isn't it the, isn't the same like with the radio, Dave, that yeah, I mean, you need you need really need to take care of me, otherwise, <laughs> perhaps losing me, which would be bad and very <laughs> sad. But anyway, is is it always the same in every company? It doesn't matter which market you are. When you take care on the customers, the customers take cares on your bank account. Well, I, I think any company that that fails to do that, it fails to have customers uh, for for a couple of reasons. First of all, what, what, you, you do the hard work of getting that customer whatever that sales technique it is, whatever way you do it, it, it's, it takes a while for that person to trust you enough that they want to do business with you, spend money with you, and, and hopefully enjoy the process because it's based on trust. And especially in yachting, 
you know, they don't come to you because they're kicking tires. If somebody's talking to you, it's because they want to spend a lot of money with you, invest heavily in you as a company. And, you know, after that, you can't just go, oh, I've got your money. Thanks very much. There are salespeople who do that. And they, we call them, the, they're numbers guys. You know, I'll, I'll email 10,000 companies. I'll get 5%. I'll make this amount of money. I'll carry on do another 10,000. Yeah. There are other salespeople who go, I've got 100 customers. I want to keep them. I don't need any more. I want to look after them, not just make them feel special, but know that I view them as being special. And if it means getting up at 4 in the morning and picking them up from an airport, then you know what? They've invested in me. My family is eating because of them. People are employed because of them. They deserve that level of support. And I think if you don't give that, uh, then you're looking at a, a kind of business model I don't like uh, or a very short business future. And I think people like Denison, it's, it's a small industry. It's a lot of word of mouth. So, yeah, the only thing I would add to that part of the conversation is I think sometimes companies can miss the step before that, which is to take exceptional care of your brokers and employees, and they will be much more likely to take care of uh, your clients exceptionally. Yeah. So uh, a lot of our focus around here is, is doing that as well. Um, sometimes it's, uh, it's easy to uh, focus only on the customer, and sometimes you uh, can tend to uh, neglect the people that are incredibly important to your company, which of course are the people that work here. So um, I think that's kind of the first step is you take awesome care of the, the people that work here, and then they in turn will take awesome care of the people that are doing business with you. Isn't that also part of when you own a company and you work in the business rather than on the business that you, you miss out the time to actually take care of your employees? And uh, trust is also a very, very high valid word that you need to really focus on and go into action to trust the people that, you, that work with you and how, how much how much trust beforehand do you give to your well to your employees to your guys that started starting working in your company is that something that you give credit beforehand or they have to work for it before that you start trusting them yeah there's a we tend to have a culture here that really empowers and trusts employees and brokers, which again is an easy thing to say. And a lot of people say that, but it's a little risky and dangerous at times because you attach to that trust uh, is the ability for an employer or broker to make a mistake. And uh, they, they are going to make a mistake because they're flawed human beings and that's just going to happen on occasion. And I think a lot of times trust is built and developed through the response um, as the employer to how an employee makes a mistake. And uh, we, are, of course, are not perfect in that, but we try to be very gracious and understanding and use mistakes as an opportunity to learn from. Um, so we uh, we take that really, really seriously. Um, and the, the guy that started Starbucks, Howard Schultz, uh, I read his book recently, and and he said something that, that really resonated. Um, he was asked, how in the heck do you do it so that every single barista that I go to, no matter where in the world, they seem happy. I go there a few times. They almost know my name. They write it on a cup and they smile. How do you get your employees to smile? And Howard Schultz's response was, well, we don't get employees to smile. We hire people that are already smiling. Um, and so I think that's the same for us. We try to attract employees and brokers that intuitively are trusting people and intuitively want to take great care of clients. And we have to spend less time than training that. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Um, I think that's what, that's one of the best strategies anyway I've heard. And it makes it absolutely more easier for you as well, not only to validate, but also to work with those people for a long time and to get started to trust pretty much immediately. I mean, Dave, you know how it is. You talk to so many people in your career, also with the, with the radio now. Uh, what's your thought about it? No, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with Bob. Um, you know, if, you, if you're hiring somebody to do accountancy, you don't want to hire somebody uh, as an accountant and then have to teach them how to do accountancy. You want them to have that skill. And in a very customer-facing um, business, as Denison's are, indeed the radio station and most businesses, you want that as part of the personality of the person you're hiring, that you do think innately they are a caring person who puts the client first and who will give that level of service not because they're told to, but because it's ingrained in them. And in fact, the kind of person that if you told them to hold back and not give that level of service would probably be uncomfortable with that job and not want to work for you. And I think if, if you can get that kind of person involved, then you build a team like like you have in Denison's. Yeah, and sometimes that might mean um, saying goodbye to or not hiring somebody that's very talented, but they might be a little misguided or they, they don't align with your values or your, you know, whatever you want to call it, your radical approach to customer service, if they're really talented, but they don't get that part of it, then it, it sometimes can be a conflict and uh, some sometimes might not work. And at the end of the day, too, my wife and I talk about it a lot. It's, it's nice to hire nice people because you end up spending many days uh, time with the people you work with more than the time of your own family. And I think it's nice to just surround yourself with good, solid people uh, as a quality of life thing. Yep, no, I, I agree that's, totally. That's, yeah, but that's... I worked in banking for many years, and I shouldn't start with... I've worked in banking for many years, but you know, if you, if you, if you work in an environment where even one person can bring the home, whole team down, can you know, really negatively affect the environment. So it is important that you go into work looking forward to being with the people you work with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's something I call it. It's like a family. You treat your employees like a family. That's what I feel on Bob Dennison's company. All when I read some to hear some things, it seems to me like there are not really that those are not employees. Those are their family members. As also they react when they are not at work. I know one or two of them a little bit, but it really it is something that is remarkable to be to compare with other companies where an employee is an employee. But there I have just a feeling like the treatment is not, it's not somebody, a stranger. It is very close. As you mentioned, Bob, as well, you spend a lot of time more than at home with your wife or kids. So it's got to be very important that you really feel home, sort of. So you don't feel like you go to work. You feel like you go some things to do that you really love to do. Yep. I don't know if you're feeling it, Walter, but I'm starting to see that we'd actually be a perfect fit for Denison's. Is this what um, this is about? This entire I, well, exercise I, is just... It, it's, it hasn't been done on radio before, but we thought we'd interview for the position that you don't perfect. have yet. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it, it's actually really interesting that you bring that up because uh, we... 
sometimes consider ourselves uh, and entertain the idea of pivoting into a little bit of a media business because we do have an incredible amount of content and a pretty big audience just through different social media channels and all that stuff. So we do possibly are going to be looking for a host. And then Walter, I am a huge believer in coaches. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, I, I would assume at some point you might find yourself uh, in a position where you could be hired by a larger firm because the, the value of a coach and moving the needle even a little bit across several brokers would, would impact the bottom line significantly for a firm. So it's very, very interesting, crazy of an idea. <laughs> but it's very... Walter, could you rem could you remind me later, Walter, to add coaching to my CV before I send it to <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I can even give you a testimonial. But it's interesting, Bob, that you mentioned that because <laughs> Florida actually, and, and this is absolutely what it is, is on my radar now for years already. Well, the first time when I was there, it's about 17, 18 years ago when I was still once at the police force and I went on a, on a, on a ride with them. And they asked me, really do you want to come here to be a police officer? By that time, I couldn't talk English as I could right now. Right. But they told me, well, you will learn it, no problem. But that was the moment when I started to think about, oh, Florida, that's absolutely something that I would love. And I have a lot of friends also from Switzerland who live now in Florida. Yeah. So be careful what you say. It <laughs> might happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I hope I've laid out a strong enough argument. This is a good. This is this is a good place to live. Although you I will did. say one of my all time favorite places I've ever been. When people ask me top ten favorite places, uh, Switzerland is is there, and specifically a little town called Bingen. I don't know if you've been there recently, but it's one of my favorite European towns up in the mountains. Uh, what what is the name again? It's called Bingen. I'm probably saying it oh, wrong. Oh, No, no, you. N -G Absolutely, Vengen, Vengen. Yeah, yeah, that's a place to ski as well in winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that very. It's a beautiful place. Uh, small, as you mentioned, very small. I don't know. Is there anything comparable, small city or village like Vengen in in Florida? Does that yeah. exist? And so I was just feeling bad because I was bragging too much about Florida. I needed to to give your homeland a little bit of credit. So Ven Vengen is it for me. Okay, I'll take that absolutely into my considerations but anyway dublin is waiting for the compliment dublin bob you want to go ahead first i've never ever been to ireland so uh, maybe you could extend an invitation at some point i that's definitely one of those places that i would love to go to you're always okay. welcome mr Denison. always welcome bob we got Just an invitation <laughs> we got an invitation to dublin <laughs> nice yeah well to me, you know, when you go back to Fort Lauderdale and Dennis Nyotting, what was always on my radar as well to ask about is, why is Dennis Nyotting as well on the East Coast and not on the West Coast? And most of them are on the East Coast rather than on the West Coast. Why is that? Um, are you saying the East Coast of Florida or the East Coast of the United States? Florida. Yes. Just Florida. Yeah, so we actually have um, offices. We have three offices on the west coast of Florida, um, Naples, Bradenton, and it's actually considered the panhandle. It's uh, up in Destin. Um, but there is a lot of activity over there. Uh, really, one of the, I wouldn't, it's not a secret anymore. It used to be, but the west coast of Florida is a strong, strong boating community. 
Um, and I think you'll be hearing more and more activity over there in places like Tampa, St. Petersburg. But so that's West, a growing market. What about the Huge. West Coast of the states, uh, San Diego, California area? Any presence there or any, any desire to have presence? Yeah, so there? we actually, I think, and I might, you might be able to, somebody might be able to call me out on this, but I think we have more offices on the West Coast of the U.S. than anybody. Uh, we're in San Diego, uh, Newport Beach, Long Beach, Marina del Rey, San Francisco, and then a little further than that up in Washington, we're in Seattle. So we're huge uh, believers oh, okay. in the yachting and sailing community on the West Coast um, and uh, definitely more, a little smaller boat focus and a lot of sailing yachts. Uh, but it's a special part of the country. If you've never been out on the water up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, it really is on, it should be on your bucket list. No, very much want to. We had um, a group from Pacific Northwest on with Kitty McCown. Yes. On one of our shows with her. And it really sounds like the, it, it sounded amazing uh, from what she was telling. It's not, not just the food side, but also the accessibility, the cruising grounds. Uh, proximity to Alaska. Um, it, it yeah, it's the sounds, inner passage. Uh, it's one of those unique places where you can take a boat completely protected on both sides of you is massive trees that have been there hundreds of years and whales crash. I mean, it, it's just spectacular. Um, and it really is a, would be one of the ultimate places to take your family for a really, really long weekend. And if you're adventurous like Walter is, you just keep going and head up to Alaska. And don't stop. <laughs> yes, Tell me, Bob, what, what's, what's your feeling for the year ahead? I think it's going to be good. I don't think uh, most firms are going to see the success uh, that occurred last year uh, just because of supply issues, um, not just on new boats. And you think of things like you, you hear it in every industry with chips, including automotive. But uh, supply issues with boats, of course, is going to be attached to resin. I mean, there's so much demand and we weren't prepared uh, for this 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 boom. So just boats coming off the lot in Europe, off the assembly lines here in the U.S., most manufacturers are very, very far behind. Um, and then on the brokerage market, a lot of families are not putting their yacht on the market when they traditionally would have, or they're doing it at a much more expensive price, which makes it uh, more, it's just a bigger challenge on the buy side. So I think the demand will stick around, uh, but I think uh, our industry as a whole are going to uh, see some hiccups because of lack of supply. Mm. Heard that from a few people. Supply is the big problem. Yeah. That actually opens up as well markets for other companies that just broke down in other fields, maybe to pivot in the, within to another industry. This is, by the way, something that I realized and observed a lot in Switzerland that companies, small, middle sized companies, need really to pivot into an absolutely new market with their existing tools and knowledge and adjust it. I think also in the yachting industry, that might be something that is a huge opportunity for, for people who are looking for other jobs or other building up other companies to supply the needed the needed tools and the needed products for the, for the yachting. How, how, how do you see that, Bob? Yeah, I think it's uh, any good entrepreneur is going to be able to pivot in a way that will help his business and his uh, employees. During the downturn here in the U.S., a good example of that was Tierra Yachts, which are built up in Michigan between you know 30 and 60 feet fiberglass production, really high quality. When demand went down, they actually pivoted and started building windmill blades because they had the people, to your point, Walter, they had the technology, they had the know-how and production of complicated, like they just, 
immediately pivoted to doing that and they were able to save a lot of jobs when the boat demand dried up. And now since then, they of course are no longer building windmill blades because the demand on the yacht side is so high. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to see some companies perhaps that are making windmill blades right now, maybe they pivot into doing something on the yacht side and build some components. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that, but I think, uh, the best entrepreneurs are, are, are going to figure out the supply issue really, really quickly. From yachts to uh, windmill blades, who would have thought? Well, yeah. I, I know, I know another shipyard in Turkey. They did that as well to, from the yacht. They actually combined it for a while because it went down about seven years ago. The, the, the income went down on the boating, so they shifted to wake those wind blades as well. The big ones, the large ones, mm -hmm. like the the 90 feet ones, the really large ones, and yeah. they survived in that regard somehow also over the bad time. It was kind of sad to see that, but at the same time, the thing that matters is the jobs and the families and yeah. those families being able to afford their their mortgage and their groceries and taking care of their children. So I think some to, for me initially it was heartbreaking to hear stories like that because there was less yachts being produced, but at the end of the day, the most important part of it was the people, and it was just good to see shipyards like that uh, adjust quickly and save save their jobs and save their company. Uh, and also they can revert back to boat building um, yeah. once we get through this this current tempest. Yeah, exactly. Oh, clever. I call that. So there is there is a lot, a lot of opportunities waiting. And it's a time right now to prepare. How do you prepare, Bob, the company that is yachting for the upcoming years that you are ready for whatever comes for, especially that? Do you also take in consideration to expect the unexpected? Walter, that is a t hard question for me to answer because I cannot lie to you. I am a terrible preparer. So I am, I, in many ways, we operate this business still like it's very small. Uh, and sometimes it's not so good. And one of the ways that we do that is we don't prepare as good as we should. Of course, we do our best to save money and resources. We have some general idea of the direction we're going. Uh, and hopefully, I'm leading that charge in a somewhat effective way. Uh, but the preparedness part for us is is not been our, our strong point. We are uh, our preparedness probably looks a little sloppy and more like we know where we want to go. We know it's attached to taking radical care of people. Um, and we think most of the other small parts are going to take care of themselves. Uh, for instance, a good example of this is last summer, we did a really bad job uh, of ordering new boats. Um, I was still a little hesitant and conservative, and I didn't spend enough time really looking at what could have been or what is now the big issue, which is the supply side. If I had better preparedness and better vision, I would have ordered five times more boats than I did. Um, so yeah, I, I will tell you that's definitely part of this company and part of me as a leader that needs uh, that needs a little bit of growing up. Yeah, but Bob, it, it could have gone the other way. The pendulum could easily swing the other way and you order too much and then you've got a cash flow problem. That was the thinking, but it was but it was a mistake. I should have had the vision. I mean, it was by last summer and fall, there was a lot of men in this business that were men and women that were smarter than I am that actually ordered a lot of boats and are in a better position right now as a result of it. Thankfully, we do some other things well. So we were, of course, still having a good year. Um, but yeah, the preparedness thing, Walter, I'm glad you asked the question because that's something I'm going to try to do a better job of. Maybe you need a coach. I think you might be right. There you go, Walter. 
have you ha- have you said anything? I couldn't hear you. Uh, can you repeat that? No, <laughs> well, could you write it down and but, sign it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't think Bob, you did such a terrible job at all. I don't think so. Because, you know, there are also always two sides of the coins. One is you should have, yes, of course, another way, I think, to find something like the midst way that you order some, but not too much. Of course, afterwards, it's always easy to say, I should have. As the fact, as the fact is that you have a great, have had a great year and you are absolutely aware what is coming up the next time as well. I think you are very well prepared. Thank you. Yeah, we we sh- we should be okay. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm still bullish on all that, but I need to uh, the the preparedness thing is something that uh, that 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 we will improve on for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think also out of, coming out of this, Denison, from a branding perspective, has really risen above the the rest. I mean, your name was so prominent, especially in, in the early days with the the virtual walk around and your whole new look at 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 the sales process. Uh, I think really stood you in, in good stead. So, you know, well, yeah. um, part of me for admitting that too is just to be endearing that I'm just such a humble guy. Right? Yeah, well, I, I was saying that to Walter before, <laughs> and it's going to be difficult to get Bob to, to open up yeah. due to his humility. But I will give you guys, speaking of branding and all that, so we are very much an American company. I think our branding strength is much more significant in the US than it is in Europe. Uh, but I will let you guys know we are soon going to be launching an initiative uh there in europe so uh, in the next few months yeah exclusive pre-press release we are hard at work uh preparing sort of preparing our version of preparing for a uh, launch in europe so i will let you guys know when it's official but we are uh proactively exploring that as we speak super well we we will be here in europe waiting to welcome you we will be rolling out the carpet yes a, a long one, a long red one. Yes. <laughs> and if you need any, 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 any actually support from Switzerland, you know, from the sweet country with the uh, Toblerone chocolate, which Dave is the famous one, I think. He told me something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can let me know. <laughs> we, we could have, a, we could open up a little branch office in Bingen. I'll bring, yeah, in I'll, Bingen. I'll bring the Guinness. Boating in. Boating in Ireland. Boating in Ireland and boating on the mountains in Switzerland. That's something new. Well, if, you drink, if you drink enough Guinness in Ireland, you'll end up on the mountains. <laughs> Bob, it's been great to see you again. Thank you so much for your Thank time you. and a good catch-up. Uh, great news that, that we'll be seeing Denison in Ireland. And thank you for sharing that with us and our listeners. And please keep us up to date on that. Um, we'd like to talk more about your European ventures when the time is appropriate for you. But, uh, and, and thank you again. Always good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bob Dennison of Dennison Yacht. Dennison Yachting? Dennison Yachts? Uh, Dennison Yachting. Yachting. Uh, from yeah. Dennison Yachting. Oh, there it is in reverse on his, uh, his, his jacket. And, of course, Walter Smith from Zurich, our resident sales guru and coach. Thank you both, and looking forward to next time we speak with you. This has been uh, Bob Dennison from Dennison Yachting here on The Devil's Advocates. Thanks for being with us. Stick around. This is Super Yacht Radio.